0: computer.
1: Welcome to Tell Me More About Co Housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-housing Houston is a multi-generational community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We are developing the first co-housing project in Texas, in Houston, even ahead of Austin. Hey Kelly, it's hey, been Lynn. a while. You?
0: I know, right?
1: It's not Monday. You've I been know. out gallivanting around the country. I know. Aren't you glad I brought back some of this uh, Bay Area, California weather for you here in Texas?
0: I am. I couldn't believe it. I walked out this morning and it was like, you know, like dogs go running through the fall air, like oh, it's finally cool. That's how I felt. I was like, oh, this is so great. It was awesome.
1: Uh, (laughs) Hey, Well, speaking of things that are great and awesome. One thing I did notice while I was away is that you put this really cool. Post on Facebook, and it just warmed my heart. I think the title you gave it was Everyday Encounters, right? Something like that.
0: Yes. You have to describe it though, Lynn, because nobody Uh, It was,
1: was well, I can just, I'm going to tell you how it made me feel. Okay. It made me feel like it was spontaneous, uh, a sense of relaxation exuded from that picture. It was welcoming to all. There was a little bit of kind of a chaotic feel, kind of unstructured, And it just breathed life into my day and it just, it just lifted my spirits kind of like that puppy, you know, (laughs) 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 it looked to me like what I envisioned the quintessential everyday encounter that you're always talking about. And I thought, hey, let's talk about everyday encounters.
0: Yes. Well, I'm excited because I think this is the third of our three keys to co-housing that we're talking about on our website, on our podcast, because, you know, I think we talk about this a lot, that there are some intentional things you can do to build community that co-housing does and that other people can do, you know, just in normal life, too. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to be talking about this also.
1: So what What can you do a definition of it? I mean, everybody thinks they know what an everyday encounter is, but I really wanna hear from you who's experienced it. Oh, sure, it. yeah. Okay, What's so- What does it look like, feel like, and when yeah. will it happen?
0: Yeah, you know, when I, okay, when I'm thinking about everyday encounters, what I'm thinking of are like, it's everything from, uh, I was walking across the street this morning and one of my neighbors um, takes walks her kid to school and we both just like waved and nodded, you mm-hmm. know. So that that's an everyday encounter. I see her every morning as she walks him to school, and she sees me, and we both acknowledge one another. Two, another everyday encounter would be I'm, you know, walking somewhere, and I stop to chat and find out mm-hmm. how somebody's doing. Another everyday encounter would be just that you know you have these like things that you need to do that you are going to be out and about doing. Like if I'm. Pulling my car out, and my neighbor is out gardening. Um, I might, you know, say, "Oh, hey, I'm going to go run to blah blah blah. Do you need anything? You mm-hmm. know, so they could be helpful. They could just be acknowledgement of like, oh, we're crossing paths, the two of us. Mm-hmm. Those are all examples of everyday encounters.
1: And and what does that feel like for you? Well,
0: you know, I think on one level, it just feels really great to just be seen in your world, right? It feels mm. really good to acknowledge hey, I'm here and you're here too. Because in our cars, that doesn't happen very often. Right. You know?
1: <laughs> you remember unless it's time? like making <laughs> yeah. gesticulations that we can't talk about, yeah.
0: Exactly, unless unless it involves a horn and some some terrible words. Yeah, that doesn't happen that often. Mm. Um, and so I think particularly for people, those of us who have now all lived through, you know, pandemic round one in, in 2020, Losing those people in our lives who we just kind of wave a hello to, or see at the school pickup line, or you know, um, the person who's always eating lunch in this place at that time—you know—we mm-hmm. lost all of that. And I think that those, that whole group of people in our lives, those everyday encounters, that was really hard for us. It really changed things. And so I think what it feels like is just—it feels normal. It feels normal, like to be in the world. Um, and to have interactions with people, it makes you mm-hmm. kind of happy. It makes you feel connected. If the conversation goes, you know, a little bit deeper about, you know, where are you going, or I'm going to the grocery store, do you need anything? That makes you feel
1: helpful
0: mm. and more deeply connected. But even just the like, waving hello is um, a sense of connection that is really important.
1: You know, um, I was going to ask you about you know, what makes this so special in co-housing. And I think you just touched the tip of the iceberg on that. So maybe you could go a little deeper. And that's when you said, you said, I'm going to the grocery store, do you want something? Because if you're waving to the neighbor in your current community that doesn't have that same sense or that same kind of structure and connectedness baked into everything you do, you might not be inclined to ask that question. So maybe you could say you know unpack this a little bit more for us like how is saying hello in the driveway where you live today which is sort of a similar kind of condominium versus where you're going to live tomorrow in an urban co-housing community how is it different
0: Well I think the difference is like I don't know that that neighbor you know I I don't know. Does she drink coffee? I don't actually know. Does she, Mm. is she vegan? I don't know. Does she (laughs) eat flaxseed generally? I don't know. You know, like you just don't know those things. Whereas if you um, sit at community dinner with a neighbor or you live next door and have intentionality in your relationship, then I know that like, oh, well, Lynn would be interested in this thing Mm. and I'm going to the grocery store. I wonder if she'd like that or Oh, Lynn was feeling under the weather and so I wonder if she needs some cough drops or you just know things about people and so therefore it makes you it makes it possible for you to engage more deeply with people mm-hmm. easily and quickly and you know to kind of anticipate and think about the things that um, a relationship might might need or it might be good for them.
1: You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I do know what you mean. In fact, as as you're speaking of that, that kind of reminds me of what it was like in the working environment, I should say pre-COVID and pre-global team conference calls, all hours of every day and every night. But you know, we, you know, the places where we got to know each other were the coffee room or bigger conference calls or the lunch room, and it was just um, a place where you sort of scratched below the surface and you got to appreciate all of people's little quirky idiosyncrasies. And at a work level, you know, you've got opportunities for collaboration, like you found out what other people were doing. So you knew um, where you could help them or where they could help you. So, in fact, yeah. it's funny. That's one of the one things that retirees will tell you that they miss about work, no matter what what work was like for them. A lot of people will tell you they miss that camaraderie and that kind of sense of belonging and daily comings and goings. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yep. I think about that a lot. One of the things that I miss about working is I miss the um, the lunch hour mm. when people would be like, oh, I, like one guy I worked with was very adventurous and he always knew like, where the best bond me was, and before <laughs> bond me was like really, you know, a thing that people knew about, and you know, and he, and he knew who else in the office would be willing to go along with him, and so he was a fun, a fun mm-hmm. person to know, you know, and it always like adventurous and fun to to be around, and I think about that with co housing that you've got a lot of fun people who know that. know maybe maybe bonding isn't your thing but maybe you know maybe you are always willing to go um on a bike ride or maybe you're always willing to go and you know get a cup of coffee or just whatever whatever it is that you are willing to do the people in the neighborhood know that about you and therefore you know involve you in their adventures and their fun
1: Yeah, yeah yeah or like yeah like you said going for a walk you know if you live by yourself you have to like schedule stuff or even if right. you live with a partner who's not keen on whatever the activity might be yeah. um you know like you have to schedule it so
0: yeah we're causing like you're walking home and you see a neighbor walking home and you're like oh i've got to take the dog out you want to go and you're, yeah. you're off you can,
1: that's yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool well you know we've built um some physics so i mean these are a lot of things that we talk about happening kind of spontaneously serendipitous connections but, but we have actually designed some things into the physical layout of our community that are intended to promote this natural flow uh, and connectedness. And I'm just wondering, having lived in co-housing before, um, which of these aspects of our future design are you looking forward to most? Or based on your experience, you know that's where it's all going to be at that I can't even anticipate yet. Where is it all gonna be at, the hot spot? Yeah.
0: Where is it all gonna happen? You know, I think that um, the thing that makes co different for me, um, as opposed to like, you know, school drop-off or churches or whatever, is that instead of kind of haphazardly running into people, there's just this intentionality, you know, it's, it's intentionally designed for that. And so the things that seem um, inconvenient, I think are the things that mm. are the places where this most happens. So for example, wouldn't it be nice if you could just set your uh, recycling and compost out back and a magical fairy came and got it at the end of the evening and took it away? But they, you cannot. So in cohousing, it's not gonna be right outside your door. Most likely it's gonna be somewhere a little bit further away. And so in the evening, the sun has set You've gathered up your recycling you've gather, gathered up your compost you're ready you're done with the day you're ready to put everything to bed and you're walking out and you see your neighbors similarly mm. doing the same thing and you say hello and how are you and it's just like this this lovely hour of everybody kind of tidying up and putting things mm. to sleep mm that gives me a personal sense of just connection of oh mm-hmm. we're all here together we're it's the end of the day here we are kind of doing this thing the same thing all together so oh. i guess for me the the point where i think it happens a lot is this like stuff you have to do and stuff that is um just a little it's made intentionally relationship convenient and maybe um, person inconvenient <laughs> in co-housing. That is How, beautiful. You know, what do you th- where do you think you're going to see? Most well,
1: of- I think, um, you know, it's funny cause you talked about, uh, the end of the day, because for me it's all about the beginning of the day. And so yeah. that's when I am kind of high energy and I'm ready to run and I'm usually been up before everybody else. So I, I, you know, I mean, of course this is just kind of fantasizing what it will be like, but I might be the person who's up earlier and somebody you know gets into trouble like getting a kid to school and they're like oh my gosh no my meeting got moved and I can't I could just see that Susan maybe going can you please take Griffin to school like, yes I've been up for three hours already I'm just waiting, <laughs> I'm, waiting. <on> <laughs> I'm waiting for everybody to come alive and come out and play so um and then I think for me also anything that has to do with the kitchen and yeah. uh in eating so just uh you know, being in there, organizing or cutting up or getting ready. I just have high expectations around that being a place where people might just hang out at a bar stool and just chat while I'm doing something. So yeah. I hope I'm right.
0: I think you're, you're definitely right. Well, because if, especially if you cook onions, like everybody comes around, you know, it's like, oh yeah, right. Good and everybody's like, oh, I'm there. Um, I have to share a story, though, that is one that I say a lot in public meetings, um, and I'm not sure if it like puts people onto co-housing or off of it, but we used to joke that there's a 15-minute co-housing tax if you want to go uh, yeah. I mean, granted, our place was further away from our parking than it, it will be in co-housing Houston, so maybe it won't be a 15-minute mm-hmm. tax. Or maybe it'll be longer because we love our neighbors so much. Because what would happen is you would have to, well, first it was, in our case, it was maybe a little bit longer than 15 minutes because first you've got to go find your kids because they are out playing with their friends in the neighborhood and they generally don't have shoes on. So then you have to find their shoes once you are ready to go, however, you are w- working your way towards the car, you've got everything all together, and then you run into people and you want to stop, you know, mm. somebody, somebody's moving a fridge into their house and do they need help? Or somebody else is, you know, suddenly in a walking boot, like what happened?
1: Or, yeah. Know,
0: where the, the life of the street it reminds me of like Sesame Street, you know, like <laughs> people yeah. in the neighborhood, you know, it's like, that's yeah. where people in the neighborhood, and that's where you find out what they're doing and what's going on. And Great.
1: Well, let me ask you a little bit more of a snarky question, um, and that would be: um, What if you're the kind of person who sometimes really is in a rush, like you're like always late? So you're very community minded, <laughs> but you are late, and then you you're also. A kind of person who maybe is in a bad mood in the morning when you wake up, because that even the best of people have that experience. And or when you get home from work, you are just really want to come home and kick the dog kind of person after a bad day. A minute. How do you manage that for real? I mean, for real, like it's not that
0: you're always going to be, you know, chatting with everyone all the time. Time. Like, sometimes you're like, I've just got to go. <laughs> like, goodbye. Yeah. And you know, people well enough that they're just like, okay, she's got to go. That's fine. You know, you've moved beyond the like, pull, like company manners stage, I think is the, mm. the term that Karen uses. Mm-hmm. You know, so company manners, you'd seem super rude if you're like, hey, I, I just have to go. Yeah. But in a family, for example, my family just walked in the door, as I'm recording. I can hear
1: them. Yeah. Yes. And I just
0: gave them a big shush. And they all, um, you know, went upstairs, as I'm sure you could hear the creaking of the stairs. So <laughs> like, you know, in a family, I can just be like, be quiet, Shh, I'm doing this. And that's okay, because that's what I need at that moment. So right. I think that the thing is, once you move beyond that, like, you know, hey, how's it going, company manner stage, then all of that kind of falls away. Cause we all have mm-hmm. real lives that we have to live too.
1: Well, that's reassuring. That's reassuring. And I think there's probably if I'm, if I'm, you know, projecting myself forward, there's a greater sense of trust and understanding. Like I don't need to fret, like, oh, she mad at me or whatever. Like, okay, I know she's busy because I know her better. Like you described earlier, you know, Um, you know, kind of the thought that occurs to me as we're wrapping this up is that I guess this is kind of my conclusion as I was thinking about all this is I notice when I go to a smaller town and spend an extended period of time, like we rented a small cabin in northern Minnesota for a month mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago. And I noticed how everybody we interacted with in the town. I mean, of course they didn't know us, but they were very friendly and very welcoming and they wanted to talk more. Like there was a tax, the time tax you discussed, yeah. even at the supermarket where I'm used to people just rushing things through and getting out the door. They took more time to get to know each other. And I noticed it in bigger cities, that we we can't handle all of these kinds of connections because it's just too overwhelming. And so we learn how to become more private, how to withdraw more, how to live with more anonymity. And unfortunately, we tend to take that persona with us even when we enter into small groups. And so we might be a little bit more aloof, even at church or even at work sometimes or other smaller groups, classes that you might take. And I think what I'm really looking forward to in co-housing is is adopting more of a small town mindset in this in a space that I I really live into on a daily basis and kind of it serves as kind of an antidote to what happens to you we're in the fourth largest or sometimes third largest city in the nation this is a vast place that we live in and I really I think a lot of what people love about small town is this small town mindset and I think we're we're looking at how we're going to create that so that's what I feel like everyday encounters is a major contributor to in a co-housing world. So.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I also think that um, when you have a kind of a high trust with a group of people, so, you know, when you have seen me carry my recycling out in, you know, dressed for the day or Mm -hmm. dressed in my pajamas or dressed in my whatever, you know, however it is that I'm you know, I, I'm no longer just like, you know, a friend you know who always shows up in one way. You know, you've mm-hmm. kind of been like filtered into a a different type of relationship, a deeper relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that then it makes it quick and easy to have kind of deeper conversations and it makes it easier to um to just be together in a way that is a higher trust situation than it is in a city or somewhere where You know, every time you go out, you really are presenting yourself in one way. It's it's much more kind of a you have a public life versus a private life. Right, helps it so helps it so it kind of broadens your 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 private life a little bit into the public realm, Mm. which I think is probably what happens in small towns, and is probably you know like the good things about being in small towns. That's probably it.
1: Nice. Well, thanks to our listeners for stopping by. Hope you got a sense of what you know, Everyday Encounters is about now. And so glad you clicked on our episode today. For more information about our project, Co-Housing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about co-housing, we like cohousing.org. We're really active on social media. So check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Co-Housing Houston. And we'll see you next time. Bye, Kelly. Bye, Lynn.